Hello and welcome to episode number 15 of Three Point Klein, your slightly below average NBA podcast. My name is Klein Felt, that is at Klein of the Dino everywhere you can find me. Happy uh, championship weekend if you are a football fan. We got some fun football games happening this weekend, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We got a very fun show uh, planned for you today. Lots happening in the NBA around the association, lots happening in the basketball world. First, want to touch on some housekeeping. You know the drill by now. You can follow the show on everything. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It is all at 3PointKlein. That is T-H-R-E-E Point Klein, spelt like Calvin Klein. Also, we're on podcast services around the world. That's probably how you're listening to us right now. Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. You can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And over on iTunes, please leave us a rating or review. It really helps. Now let's get into it. We're going to start off today with our last night recap. Friday night in the league. It was a busy night in the NBA. We can't touch on every game. I have a couple games that I want to talk about. Three, particularly, that were um, a lot of fun last night. The first of which uh, was between the Philadelphia 76ers and the Chicago Bulls. Ben Simmons leads the Embiidless 76ers over the Bulls 189. The Sixers are now 27-16 and 16 on the year, fifth in the East, a Pretty impressive win uh, from the 76ers without Joel Embiid. He is still out with that weird hand injury from when he dislocated his finger. So he got surgery on that. Could be out a little while longer. And a great game from Ben Simmons. I know there's been a lot of uh, Ben Simmons doubters out there. I really like how Ben's how Ben plays. He's a great defensive force offensively. He could use the he could use a jumper <laughs> at least. Uh, but he dominated the paint last night. Um, and I want to give a shout out to Furkan Korkmaz for the Philadelphia 76ers finishing the game with 24 points, eight of 11 from the field, six of nine from three. A few of those threes came from Ben Simmons. Right now, I was just checking um, online. Ben Simmons currently leads the league in assists to three pointers. So he his passes out. If he's he's very good at finding open teammates out on the uh, out from downtown and. And he's he's doing a fantastic job leading the Sixers team without Embiid. Uh, they get the win over the Bulls, 189. Another fun game last night, another Eastern Conference game. Marcus Gasol turns back the clock, gets the Raptors the win, trouncing the Wizards, 140-114. Uh, Gasol puts up a season-high 20 points, 6 of 7 shooting from downtown in his second game back from injury. He's only been back for two games now. Uh, Norman Powell continues his tear as well, adding 28 points. Amazing season so far from Norman Powell. Uh, This Raps team, a lot of fun and very threatening when everyone's healthy. I mean, they've had so many injuries all season long. They've been battling the injury bug since like the third week of the season. And now as of, I think today, Fred Van Vliet will be back. And so that'll officially be everybody back. Everyone, the Raptors back to full strength, which will be nice. And taking a look kind of at their next 10 games. I'm a Raptors fan, so I, I like to look into these things. Taking a look at their next 10 games or so, there is a way that right now they're sitting in that fifth, fourth or fifth spot uh, in the in the West. I think it's fourth right now. Um, 
there's a way that they could bump up the uh, the standings a little bit. I think in these next 10 games, they could get on a big win streak here. They're playing some weaker teams. They did have a fairly hard uh, start of the year. Their strength of schedule is loosening up a little bit uh, now that we're getting into the second half of the season. So they could uh, start moving up the rankings now that everyone is back, and there are rumors that they're looking to maybe add some talent to this team. So you never know. A uh, great win from the Raptors last night, beating the Wizards, the offensive powerhouse Wizards. They're not putting up a ton of defense these days, but they're putting up points on the board. And yeah, good for Toronto to get the win there. And then the big game, the finisher last night. It seems every show we're talking about one of these games. Uh, Luka Doncic gets the Dallas Mavericks their fourth straight win as they take down the Trailblazers. 120-112. Wow. Uh, it, a fantastic game. The, the Dallas Mavericks, you probably already know this at this point. I rave about them almost every episode. I love Luka Doncic. He's probably one of my favorite players in the league. We're going to get to one of my new favorite players in the league coming up here pretty quick, but he puts up 35 points, goes toe-to-toe with Damian Lillard. He hits this absolute dagger down the stretch to seal the win. Uh, I only caught the last few minutes of the game. I like tuned in right as he hit that last dagger. I have watched the highlights now, but fantastic game from Luka. Uh, this is Don game scoring over 30 this season which is pretty impressive that's pretty close to about half of uh pretty close to half the games he's putting up 30 points and Dallas right now has won 12 of those 18 games when he has reached that mark so Luca gets over 30 Dallas most likely uh most likely gonna pull the win out in that now that's kind of our wrap up from last night we're going to get a little more into last night's stuff as we get into the news but i want to touch on this get into the stories of the week lots lots happening around the nba including this this is probably the biggest story coming out of the league over the past couple weeks it is ja morant and these memphis grizzlies holy smokes ja morant in particular this rookie has had himself a week i'm in love with this grizzlies team i absolutely love seeing them play i love the retro vancouver grizzlies jerseys i love the floor um earlier this week john morant they take or john morant and the grizzlies they take on and beat james harden in the rockets 121 110 i think that was monday or tuesday john had 26 points eight assists five rebounds in that game and went you talk about Luca going toe to toe with Damian Lillard last night. John Morant went toe to toe with uh, with James Harden, shooting a dagger in his face, yelling, "This mf'er better know who I am!" At James Harden, and if you get the chance, go back and don't watch his scoring highlights. Go back and just focus on his assist highlights in this game. Some of the prettiest assists. I think I've ever seen. I'm in love with this kid, this rookie, John Morant. Coming into the season, I made a joke. Everyone thought the rookie of the year conversation was pretty wrapped up before the season started. Zion Williamson going to run away with it. I said, you know, I think Zion is going to win it, but what about this jaw kid? A lot of people really liked what they saw from him in college. He's explosive. He's athletic. And now that he's gotten in the league and Zion, it also helps that he's been injured. Jaw has run away with this uh, with with this rookie of the year conversation. He is amazing. Uh, to to make a comparison, I've seen a lot of comparisons for Jaw getting thrown around. There's of course the Russell Westbrook comparisons, the the Derrick Rose comparisons, but his playmaking is so much better than Westbrook and Rose's were early in their career. He's like a 
a Penny Hardaway 2.0, a, a white chocolate Jason Williams with way more athleticism. He's, he's like a Penny Hardaway that... He's a Penny Hardaway with Russell Westbrook's jump, essentially. And it's amazing seeing him play. And then that was the Harden game. He had an amazing game, as I said, 26, 8, and 5. Then last night, even more highlights from this guy. Not as an incredible game from him, but it goes to show how strong these Grizzlies are. Last night, they beat the Cavaliers 113-109, a very close game. But they're the they're the story of the league right now, the Memphis Grizzlies. Last night in particular, it was Dylan Brooks. He puts up a game high or a team high 26 points. Um, this Grizzlies team is so much fun to watch. You have John Morant leading the team, of course. You have Jaron Jackson Jr., last year's rookie, big man doing a lot. The pair of them are awesome. And then you have this supporting cast. Dylan Brooks has been fantastic. Brandon Clark, another rookie who could very well go down as being the steal of this draft. And then you have... The depth of this team with veterans like uh, like um, Jay Crowder playing very well. You have someone like Jonas Valanciunas who doesn't necessarily have a big spot in this NBA. He's a very antiquated big man at this point. But once a week, you're going to have these games where Aaron Baines comes in with the Phoenix Suns. And you need that traditional center to go up against him. And Jonas has been feasting. This team is a lot of fun. And at this point, it's getting to the point where this team is must watch for me. The Memphis Grizzlies, John Morant in particular, are incredible. Currently, they are sitting, they own the eighth spot in the West. The whole, that whole, basically from seven down to 14 is super close. They're separated, the eighth and the 14th spot in the West are separated by four and a half games. In there, you have Memphis, who's currently in that eighth spot. You have the Spurs, the Pelicans, the Timberwolves, the Kings, the Suns. You have all of these teams that are just kind of battling for playoff contention. I personally, from what I've seen of this Grizzlies team, I want to see Memphis make the playoffs. I want them to hold on to this eighth spot. A John Morant, Los Angeles Lakers battle in the first round could be a lot of fun. But you look at some of these uh, advanced stats, like like 538 has their playoff predictive playoff probability stats that they put up uh, all the time, and they have right now New Orleans as the the leader of that group to make the playoffs, which I think could be fun as well. Brandon Ingram's been playing amazingly for New Orleans. We're going to get into them in in just a little bit. But I I just want to start off the news this week talking about John Morant because he has been absolutely incredible. Now on to the next story. This is more newsy, I guess, than just raving about rookies. Uh, Kyrie Irving. He is back. He's back from injury, and he is making headlines. He is talking. Uh, after an 11-point loss against the 76ers on a Wednesday and a less-than-stellar, I guess you could call it, performance uh, from Kyrie Irving, he shot 6 for 21 on the night. He was quoted as saying in the locker room, this is the story, he was quoted as saying in the locker room, there's video of him saying it, he said, collectively, I feel we have great pieces. He's talking about the team in Brooklyn, but it's pretty glaring we need one piece or two, or it's pretty glaring that we need one more piece or two more pieces that will complement myself, Katie, so Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan, GT, Garrett Temple, Spence, which is Spencer Didwitty, Karis, Karis Levert, and we'll see how that evolves. 
So he basically, he goes through, he says, I feel like we got great pieces, but it's glaring. We need one or two more pieces that'll complement him, Kevin Durant. And then he lists a few of his teammates, not all of his teammates. And I just, this story blew up. Everyone's freaking out. Kyrie Irving, not the best example of demonstrating good chemistry in the locker room. He did very much at this point last year. He kind of did the same thing with Boston where he called out these young guys. Um, I I don't even know what to say. I get a lot of people are talking like, hey, maybe we're blowing this out of proportion. Maybe he's talking about big pieces. Sure, they do need a couple more big pieces. They have one of those big pieces sitting in the wings right now in Kevin Durant. But calling your guys out like that, that's no way to develop locker room chemistry if you're in this situation jared allen who i really like on this brooklyn team joe harris i also really like on this brooklyn team you're shaking in your boots right now because Kyrie is coming in trying to play gm essentially this is technically i think this was after Kyrie's second game back he came out from the weirdest injury ever where we thought it was going to be out a couple weeks. Turns out that he's out almost a couple months. Comes back, has an amazing game earlier this week, then plays Philly, doesn't do very well, and calls all these guys out. Now, he was just saying those were the people that he's followed up, saying those are the people he saw in the locker room. I don't know about that, Kyrie. He was looking down. Be the leader of this team because you can you are a fantastic player he's he's trying to do what lebron used to do where he would put stories out in the media about people and and, and k- kind of kick them in the butt or kobe used to do this where he'd call people out and and they'd start playing better but the thing about it is Kyrie is not lebron or kobe Kyrie's a fantastic player a fantastic nba player one of some when he's cooking he's one of my favorite players to ever watch but you don't do this also you did not have a fantastic game in this game. You, you, This is your second game back. This Nets team has been kind of even. They've sticking around 500 when you weren't there. Maybe you've been a little better when you weren't there, honestly. This team had chemistry from last year, although you lose D'Angelo Russell over the summer. But that team had a lot of chemistry. Spencer Dinwiddie playing fantastic. We're going to get into that in a little bit. I'm going to do some all-star picks in a little bit. But he's been playing fantastic. This team's been playing pretty well you come back and you you call everyone out i don't know Kyrie. not a not a good look i'm i'm not a fan of that i'm not a fan of what kyrie has been doing over these last couple of years and the thing is is in this situation he is kind of the head honcho and it's him and kevin durant and if he wants people moved most likely that they they could actually go about moving people so uh it's a shame i i, I don't like what i'm seeing from Kyrie right now now, up next, uh, some exciting news. Some of the most exciting news I think we've gotten all season long. We have got a date. It has been reported by the New Orleans Pelicans themselves after months of waiting, plenty of rumors, all sorts of whispers going around the NBA, reports and all this and that. Zion Williamson is going to make his NBA de- debut this coming Wednesday, January 22nd against the San Antonio Spurs. Yes, he is. I am so excited for this. It's going to be awesome. They're flexing this game to national TV, actually. Um, I would have preferred... There was rumors he was going to come back late this past week or on Monday, on Martin Luther King Day, they played John Morant and the Grizzlies, which I think could have been a lot of fun, have the number one and two pick battle it out on national TV. But I get it. You want to 
put them up against the Spurs for some reason. Now the Pelicans, they're in a very interesting spot here. They're in that group of teams that we were talking about with the Memphis Grizzlies. They're only four games back from that eighth spot right now. You have Brandon Ingram, who's been balling out over the past since beginning of December, maybe, uh, maybe a little earlier than that as well. This team started to click as well. They're playing some defense. They're doing really well, and they could make a push. You bring Zion back into that lineup. Now, Zion most likely to come back and have to ramp into things. I don't see someone that big coming back from an injury like this but or, and, and going right into it, but they do say he's ready. Apparently, according to general management and ownership of the Pelicans. He's put on close to eight pounds of muscle since he went out with the injury. And if you've seen some of his pregame stuff, he's not playing, but he's been throwing down some monster dunks in pregame warmups. So it could be very exciting having him on TV. And as I said, ESPN has flexed that game. So it's going to be on national TV January 22nd, this coming Wednesday. I'm so excited. I, I, I cannot wait to, to see him live on TV. Now, another fun story. I had to mention this uh, very quickly. Earlier this week, got to give a shout-out to my fellow Canadian brethren, Shea Gilgis-Alexander of the Oklahoma City Thunder. He became the youngest player ever, beating out Shaquille O'Neal, actually, to put up a 20-rebound triple-double in OKC's win over Minnesota on Monday. Now, if you want some fun at all this weekend, or you're listening to this later in the week, you're sitting in the office doing whatever, Look up some highlights from this game from Monday. SGA was awesome. Him and Ja Morant this past week were these two stories that came up. These young guys and everyone just raving about them. I, I Watching this, SGA is going to be a star. I could see hints of it last year. He had a fantastic rookie campaign. But this season, he is playing awesome with this OKC team. S. Yeah, okay, see, I, I th- for some reason I thought that I'd mix those letters up in my head. Um, but SGA will make an all-star in like the next two or three years. He's fantastic. Him and Chris Paul have been playing very well together. I, I know that there was a lot of speculation coming into the season whether Chris Paul would get moved. This is a young team on a bit of a different trajectory. But this dueling point guard, sometimes three-headed monster, if they have Dennis Schroeder out there, is actually a lot of fun to watch, and it seems to be working. Uh, Paul, or yeah, Chris Paul has embraced this role, and he's kind of become a mentor for Shea, which I think is really good. We're going to be talking about uh, Gilgis Alexander, that is, for a very long time, and it was a it was awesome to see him get this triple double um, earlier in the week. Now, the last news story I want to touch on. Um, we have a trade. We have ourselves a trade. One of the first trades of the season. We had one earlier um, in the year in like December with uh, Jordan Clarkson getting moved out to Utah. And he's been playing really well in Utah. But we have another trade. Earlier this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves, they trade Jeff Teague and Trayvon Graham to Atlanta for Alan Crabb. Now, this is a very low-key trade. None of these pieces are really going to change things for either team. I mean, in it, you get Teague gets a reunion with the Hawks. Atlanta gets an okay to decent backup point guard. Jeff Teague can play basketball. So they get someone to back up um, Trey Young because when he has been off the floor, it has not been good for the Atlanta Hawks. And Atlanta, they got off Alan Crabb, who has not been lighting it up this year or the past couple years, that is. But that's some money tied into a guy who a few years ago was a pretty solid three-point threat 
Um, but it just wasn't working in Atlanta this year. Now, this is a very interesting trade from the Timberwolves side. I mean, it's not shaking a ton of things up, um, but with it, they free up a roster spot by getting rid of Graham. They take back Crab, who, as I said, not lighting it up, but you could take a flyer on this guy. When, when Crab is good, he is a decent three-point shooter. He can play some D out there. Um, so you never know with someone like this, his contract is up at the end of the season. So you're not tying yourself down. But the thing is with this is it doesn't look like a finished deal. The open roster spot is the key point here for Minnesota. Rumor is Minnesota has another trade to make, uh, furthering their pursuit, trying to intensify their talks for D'Angelo Russell from the Golden State Warriors, something that I've been saying all season long, something that so many people have been saying all season long. They want D'Angelo on that team. Now, according to some weird CBA rules, they actually can't package Crab's contract with another player because he was just dealt um, in a potential Russell deal or whatever deal they want to do. But I could totally see a third team getting involved here. Uh, the Timberwolves have been, reports are coming out saying they have been shopping a few of their players. Robert Covington is, seems to be a hot commodity uh, this trade deadline just because there isn't a lot of hot names going around this trade season. Uh, Robert Covington a, fanta- Covington, a fantastic, one of the best 3 and D players. So many teams could use someone like that. The Lakers, the Clippers. Now, I don't know what they'd have to give up to get him, but I think he would be, he could be a key part of a Golden State deal for D'Angelo Russell. Now, again, as I said off the top with this trade, not moving the needle really for either of these teams. But it is, it is, it could be the first step in something that I think could be pretty cool. I don't know what D'Angelo Russell would actually look like on Minnesota. I think that if if things were to go south with him. Not exactly sure. I know they got off Jeff Teague because he was taking the ball out of Carl Anthony Towns' hands because he he's a kind of dribble-around point guard. That's exactly what D'Angelo Russell is. But it's just fun looking at trade season. Trade season's heating up, and I, I can't wait to see what what sort of maneuvers start to happen, whether it happens before the deadline or um, in the offseason, I guess, in the summer. Because that is kind of the rumor is that the Warriors don't want to move D'Angelo until maybe around the draft. Now, that's it for the news of the week. I want to get into, I do this every week in case you haven't listened to the show. If you haven't, welcome. Uh, I do a winner and a loser of the week. I pick who I thought won the past week in basketball and someone who lost the past week in basketball. That can be a team, that can be a player, that can be a fan base, whatever. Now, the winner of the week, I'm going to give it to the Utah Jazz, actually. It's been a fantastic week and just start of the new year for the Jazz. I don't think people are talking about the Jazz enough. Yes, it was kind of a disappointing end to the week. They lost an overtime thriller to the Pelicans. Uh, But at the time of that loss, they were on a 10-game winning streak before that. Uh, Have kind of shot up the standings in the Western Conference. Right now, Utah sits at fourth in the West, so not as high as they were. They were up at second earlier this week they're middling in offensive rating and defensive rating just because of their slow start so 11th and 11th in both offensive and defensive rating but over that win streak they were up in like second and third uh in defensive rating they were playing fantastic defense they were playing fantastic offense as well they've really turned things around kind of since they made this jordan clarkson trade um at the beginning of december he's kind of fit in pretty nicely 
And another change that they've made is all this has been done since Mike Connolly has been out of the lineup with injury. So he's been out. They've brought Joe Ingles back in the starting lineup. Joe Ingles seems to be getting back on track now that he's in the starting lineup. Um, so it does add a very interesting wrinkle because, yes, uh, Utah has been playing very well. They've been doing great here in 2020, but you have a Mike Connolly-sized hole. You have this Mike Connolly. You have Mike Connolly who's going to come back. Uh, from injury. So what are you going to do when he does come back? Will he be able to play up to potential? Because before he went out, he definitely wasn't. So there's things to figure out in Utah, but right now they're they're playing some pretty good basketball. Um, now on to the loser of the week, a bit of a different one than usual. I'm giving it to the New York Knicks for their half-court antics. Okay, uh, this this is just... This is bizarre. My loser of the week goes to the New York Knicks, not for anything that the team actually did on the floor, but for what they're doing between the whistles. During a stoppage in play earlier this week, a fan sunk a half-court shot and won himself, drumroll please, $1,000 in scratch-and-win tickets. Yeah, while some other teams in the past have given trips or up to like $100,000 in cash, cars, all for half-court shots. New York basically gave this guy a carpal tunnel. He had to go home and scratch all of these uh, scratch-and-win tickets. And now reporters, NBA people, NBA uh, people of the NBA Twitterverse, I guess, have followed up with this guy and, and found out that he actually ended up winning $200 off of a thousand, off these, uh, all these scratch-and-win tickets. So not really <laughs> worth it for scratching all of those things. Probably a little less than... 200 bucks, probably a little less than what he paid for for the game. I know New York's Knicks tickets can be can be very expensive. And this just makes me roll my eyes. Like New York, the Knicks in particular, you're one of the most valuable franchises in the league. You're this prestige franchise, even though you're on court. I mean, the, the product you put out on court isn't fantastic, but people love you. You have all of this money. And you can't pony up some cash for this guy who sunk a half-court shot. Like, it doesn't happen all that often. Give him 10000 bucks, whatever. Like, I, this is just ridiculous. I don't know why, why, they're, why they were doing this. I understand that it's probably some sort of sponsorship deal or whatever. whatever. Maybe they were sponsored by the local lotto and they put up the scratch wins. But just not a good look for New York uh, <laughs> at all. Now on to the big topic of the week, something I've wanted to do the last couple weeks, but now that we're getting closer to the actual All-Star game, I want to give some or give my All-Star picks. I've uh, devised my All-Star teams who I would be voting for if I had a vote. I do not have a vote um, other than, I guess, the fan vote. But uh, this past week, we got our third and, I guess, final All-Star fan vote returns. Coming up this Thursday, we'll actually have the starter list announced for the East and West All-Stars. Now, not a ton has changed on these last returns. The The big one was uh, Pascal Siakam actually passed Joel Embiid in the Eastern front court. Um, but, yeah, since we are getting close to the pick of the starters being announced, I thought I'd go through my 12-man rosters for the All-Star game um, a few maybe controversial picks. We'll ask some questions. I've got some wild cards and and some hard to cut guys in here as or hardest cut guys in here as well. So we'll just I guess uh, guess get right into it. To start, we have uh, the Eastern Conference. My starters in the Eastern Conference right now. I have 
for my personal picks, I would have uh, Kemba Walker, Trey Young, Pascal Siakam, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. Now, not a super controversial list. Right now, if you look at the fan returns, Kemba isn't in that starting lineup. You have Kyrie. But here's my thing. With Kyrie, I don't think he deserves to start in the All-Star game, maybe even not make the All-Star game. He's played 11 games this season. And that's that's something with Joel and even Pascal as well. Uh, both of them haven't played all that many games. I mean, both Pascal and Embiid have missed more than 25% of their team's games this season. Embiid particular, I don't think he's going to, He's. I think he's going to continue missing games with this hand injury and could potentially miss the All-Star game altogether. So I'm a little shaky on that, but... Um, if, if I didn't pick Embiid, I'd probably put maybe, I guess, Jimmy Butler into that spot. But right now my starters who I would have on my team is a uh, Kemba, Trey, Pascal, Giannis, and Embiid. Now into the reserves, less controversial, I guess the reserves, you can kind of take a bit of liberties, uh, with the coaches usually do, um, the first reserve I have coming off the bench is Spencer Dinwiddie. Now, I don't think this is going to happen. I think Kyrie Irving is going to be the representative from the Brooklyn Nets. I think Spencer Dinwiddie is much more deserving. He's played fantastic for this Brooklyn team. Um, up next, off the reserves, I think these next couple are locks. I have Derek Rose and Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler will be in the All-Star game, whether it's starting or... Or coming off the bench, he will play in this All-Star game. They need The Heat need a rep, and I think that uh, Jimmy Butler is going to be that rep. Uh, going on from him, Jason Tatum, I think he's going to be there. I would have him there. He's played pretty fantastically this season. He's had a great season. Um, but I, it, it, him jumping between... Deciding between him and Jalen Brown could be a toss-up. I could see coaches maybe putting one in and not the other. Sabonis for the Indiana Pacers, I am almost 100% sure he's going to be there. I'm feeling pretty confident about that pick. And then my last two are Kyle Lowry and Bradley Beal. Now, not too controversial there. Um, the big controversy or the big hot picks I could see people getting all up in arms on on my starter on my Eastern Conference team is Trey Young as a starter and Bradley Beal um, on reserve as well. Both those guys play for teams that aren't very good. Trey in particular plays for the technically the worst team in the NBA, but it's an all-star game. Let's have fun. Let's put the best players out on the floor. And that's why I'm putting Trey and Bradley Beal on my Eastern Conference team. Now, some wild cards, some questions I have for this Eastern Conference team or for these Eastern Conference all-stars is a few things that I could see fans, media, players, and coaches maybe accounting for. Do the Bucks get another player in here? Does a Middleton sneak in or an Eric Bledsoe? Because Middleton is having a better year this year than he was last year, and he has and he um he was an all-star last year, so I could see him uh, sneaking in as well. Another question I have is how about the Heat? Do the Heat have uh, one of the best surprises of the NBA? Do they have another representative sneak in? I think Bam Adebayo would be a great pick. Coaches love him as well. And then the last weird one I could see sneaking in as a reserve is Zach Levine. He's putting up great numbers. He has a massive usage rate on the Chicago Bulls team. And he's playing on a better team than Washington. So I could see maybe 
I know a lot of coaches appreciate winning, so they could I could see them putting Zach in over somebody like Bradley Beal um, onto the All-Star team. Now, moving on to the Western Conference, less questions, less... Or there are a few questions, but I feel more confident about this team, especially the starters, than I do the Eastern Conference. Uh, the Western Conference starters that I have are Luka, James Harden, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Nikola Jokic. Now, of the starters, the only one I don't have, like, I have in my document the players that I think are a lock to start as underlined. The only one I don't have underlined in the West is Jokic. I could see possibly um, some, I could maybe see AD moving to that center spot and have a Kawhi in there in the starters. My whole thing is I don't think Kawhi has played enough games. Um, and that for me is, is a deal breaker in the East. Yes, I did have um, Pascal and Embiid in that starting lineup, but they're missing games for injury. Kawhi, is not necessarily missing game for injury. I know they're calling it knee management and whatever, but he's just sitting on back-to-backs and doing that. So I don't think he deserves to at least start in the All-Star game. I think he will be there in some capacity. But other than that, I feel really confident about my West Coast starters. Luka, Harden, LeBron, AD, and Jokic um, could be really fun. Now my reserves coming out of the West, the ones that I have locked that I think are a hundred percent going to be there and who I a hundred percent, or I want all of these people to be there, but I'm confident that these people will be there. Damian Lillard, Kawhi Leonard, Carl Anthony Towns. I know some people maybe don't think uh, he is just because of injuries and all that. I think cat has had a good enough year so far uh, to make it there. Rudy Gobert question mark i think that the jazz they need a represented they need a representative is it rudy is it donovan mitchell i say gobert finally gets it i know it means a lot to him and i think the coaches know that donovan mitchell i have as uh, another reserve i think that him and gobert could possibly be in it uh the jazz are good enough to have two representatives and i think that donovan and gobert make the most sense i have paul george as a maybe um again the games played thing, uh, the Clippers maybe not doing as well as some people thought they would, but Paul George, I can see him. He's an all-star. It's harder to lose your all-star rights, I guess, than to gain them. Once you're an all-star, you're kind of, it's the reason that like Joe Johnson a few years ago just kept getting in and getting in and getting in and getting in. Um, once you're an all-star, it's kind of hard to get knocked out. And that's why I think Paul George will be there. And then my last reserve I have. I know some people in this spot would have a Devin Booker in there or maybe a D'Angelo Russell. We've been talking about him all show long, and I'm putting John Morant in my all-star game. Now, I know controversial. I don't have somebody like Brandon Ingram here. I think Brandon Ingram should possibly be an all-star. I don't have him here. Maybe actually, you know what? I'm going to do this on the fly right now. I'm getting rid of Paul George and I'm putting in Brandon Ingram instead of Paul George. So Brandon Ingram and John Morant are my last two reserves. I want John Morant in the all-star game. It's not going to happen, but I think he deserves it. This is one of the best teams in the, uh, in the Western conference right now. I mean, they're eighth place. Uh, they're one of the best stories in the NBA and he has come on hot. And I think he would be a lot of fun in the all-star. Now, some questions, some wild cards that I wanted to 
slip in for the West Coast. Uh, I don't think this is going to happen, but does Russell Westbrook slip in to the All-Star game? As I said, I don't think so, but you have to put it out there because Russell Westbrook, a lot of people love Russell Westbrook. And as I said with Paul George, it's harder to lose that spot than it is to gain that spot. Um, And talking about, as I mentioned with Paul George, is Paul George the other Clipper that makes it into this All-Star game? The Clippers are one of the best teams in the NBA. Do they deserve more than one rep? Maybe. Maybe Lou Williams makes sense uh, in this All-Star game. I could possibly see him finally getting in. Now, I mentioned his name a few seconds ago when I was talking about John, that last kind of reserve spot, but is this Devin Booker's year to make an All-Star team? That's a big question I don't think it is. I think the Suns have cooled off a little bit. If they were playing close to or better than they were to start the season, which was amazing, I could totally see Booker making it. But um, those last few reserves are really hard to pick. And especially right now, there is this Steph Curry and Klay Thompson-sized hole left in the West. The last few years, if you were a guard in the West, getting into that All-Star game was super hard. You usually had, I mean, there was a few years, a couple of years, where we had four Warriors in in Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Kevin Durant. So they've kind of left this gap for players like Devin Booker to finally get his due. I don't think Devin Booker makes an all-star game. I think he eventually will. I don't think this is the year that it happens. Um, and then the last question that I have for these all-stars, and we can wrap up the all-star conversation on this, is does an Oklahoma City rep make the All-Star game. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, I don't think, makes it. Chris Paul, maybe. OKC, like Memphis, like the Pelicans, are having a fantastic, I guess, second, third to the NBA season, basically from the beginning of December onwards. Oklahoma, Oklahoma has been playing very well. Does Chris Paul make it in i could maybe see that not on my not on my picks but i could possibly see him making making it in sga is a harder question to uh, sga i don't think is going to but chris paul maybe um that's gonna do it for my all-star my all-star picks wow we're just cruising through the show this week uh i want to get into my picks of the week i like to highlight between three and five games every week, the games that I think if you as a casual NBA fan um, are going to sit down and watch, these are the three games I think you should really check out. The first one's actually happening today. So if you are listening to this early enough, um, you need to watch this. If not, you missed out. Uh, it's the Lakers playing the Rockets in Houston. It's happening today. And the reason I have this down is it's just, it's I like having these elite matchups these hard nose just top of the top battles um it's a battle of the west here you have harden and lebron the rockets have been slipping a little bit over the past three or four weeks can they get back on track maybe get a nice statement win against los angeles i know harden always comes out to this or comes out four games like this is westbrook back he's been sitting um he sat last game at least so is he back in the rotation? It'll be a fun game. Lakers-Rockets, it's happening today. Now, you knew this was coming. Uh, my second pick of the week, uh, second of three. It is the Spurs at the Pelicans happening Wednesday, January 22nd. 
Zion, man. That's it. That's all. It's time. Zion is back. The Spurs also on the other side. This isn't just a full Pelicans game. Uh, the Spurs on the other side are another team that have been playing well. This there are there's that good chunk of middling West Coast teams that are playing above their heads right now, and some of the upper class West Coast teams that are dipping a little bit. And the Spurs are one of those teams. Demar Derozan been playing great on the other side in the pelicans you have brandon ingram who again playing great that overtime game against utah he puts up 49 points demar Derozan has been playing very very well so this is going to be a fight between brandon ingram and Derozan for kind of the king of january both been playing awesome uh since the start of 2020 and then yeah zion 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 on national tv i'm i can't wait i'm so excited i'm going to stay up and watch this one Uh, And then lastly, the third game of the week, my final pick of the week, it is the Clippers at the Miami Heat. It's happening this coming Friday, so January 24th. Two awesome defenses going up against each other. Uh, Butler and Kawhi Leonard battling it out. Another two elite team battles this time. Or, yeah, two elite team battle this time cross-conference, I guess you would call it. Not a ton to say about this, but you know that Jimmy, uh, along with his kind of band of misfits, I call them, the Kendrick Nunns, the Duncan Robinsons, they will show out for this. They love playing up to these these teams, and they have a fantastic home record, so can they keep that going? Now, the Clips, they've had a couple statement wins in the past week, but before that, they were looking a little shaky. So this game could be a great kind of litmus test as we get closer to the trade deadline. Does LA maybe need to make a move? So they this is going to be a great game to show the Clippers organization, hey, is this team what we need it? I think they do need to make a new make a move. I think Robert Covington would be fantastic uh, on the Clippers. I just don't know how you get him there. But that's Clippers at Heat. It's happening Friday, January 24th. Uh, cannot wait for that one. And that's going to be it for this week. Uh, a bit of a shorter show. I want to thank you so much for listening to Three Point Klein. I have so much fun doing these. My name, of course, is Klein. You can follow me on everything. I am at Klein of the Dino. Also, please follow the show, like, subscribe. Um, you can also send me your comments, questions, and concerns at threepointkline at gmail.com. If you like the show, share it with your friends. Tell someone about it. Just talk about basketball. Basketball is awesome. <laughs> That's been Three Point Klein, and thank you so much for coming by. Mm-hmm.